Choma thought her dad's loss was hard, but nothing prepared her for the loss of her mom. She was shattered and for the first time understood what depression was. Since losing both of her parents, Choma is determined to use her gifts to help humanity and share with others. If you are enjoying the podcast, can you please leave a rating and review? I'd really appreciate it. And now, Choma's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. This is either going to be my first or my second episode of 2023. I don't exactly know yet, but I'm thrilled to be back in the seat. I took a little break over uh, Christmas. To be honest, was a little overwhelmed with the response that I've gotten since my my nephew's reel, I guess went viral, you call it, um, but have since sent out the uh, the invitation to the over 55 people who signed up to be on the podcast. And Choma is the first uh, one that I'm interviewing this year. So she is in West Africa and I am in Pennsylvania. And this is one of the blessings of uh, social media and the internet is that I'm getting the opportunity to meet her and that she is going to share her story with us today. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Choma. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us her story. And I'm just going to sit here and be mesmerized by your beautiful sing-song um, voice. So Thank welcome. you, Beth. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Beth. It's such a pleasure to be here. And honestly, that video, I don't know how I came across your page, but it was that um, reel I saw that drew me there. And I reposted on my page and people, it was like, I must have watched it like, 20 times and um, people cried people smiled I smiled I cried it was beautiful and it, it, it reminded me of so many things and what I've gone through my name is Choma like you said I'm an author I'm a mom of four I'm a lawyer I do I do a lot but one of the things I do is I try to help people through my own experiences so I try to help other parents you know I'm a working mom and I keep on thinking how you know how easy or how tough is it to work and to be a mom so I try to you know help other working parents through resources trainings and all of that I write books and um I lost my parents I had no idea that grief could be so difficult so difficult to deal with as in it was like how you know how you know how much pain can one bear you just have no idea so um losing my dad I was I'm you know I'm a daddy's girl you know very much you know I'm, I'm the first daughter uh, in my culture, I'm Igbo. I'm from Nigeria. Particular children have, you know, well, I guess, I guess, I guess the world over, because even you know, the first child has more responsibility. So the first daughter has um, a special role. Not that she's more special than the other children, but she has this role, you know, as the ada in my in my in my culture. In the Igbo culture, it's it's, it's called the, um, I'm the ada of the family. So I was really close to my dad, like all my sisters, um, and you know, I remember when he was ill, he had cancer. And for me, you know, being he was such, he was such, you know, we're so close to him. He was that dad that would come home every day and would eat from his plate and just, you know, just pester him, you know. And my mom would be like, leave him alone. He just came back from work. Let this man rest. And we're like, no, I'm all over him. And I remember because I stammer. I stammered, you know, I've stammered my whole life. My father was that man that would come home and make me speak. You know, he would like, oh, Choma, try and speak gently slow down take your time and he helped me that I can speak to you today like this is because of my dad as the kind of dad I had you know so we're extremely close he was a very you know a very present father very loving and when he fell ill I thought oh my goodness nothing can happen to him he's been healthy he's lived a very decent life um you know um Lived, you know, very clean, you know, clean, dry, doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything, very decent, very honest, integrity, you know, lots of integrity. Nothing bad can happen to my dad, but he was very ill. And, um, you know, it was very painful to see him go through that kind of illness, to see him go through pain. Um, it was it was tough. It was tough. And I, I, I remember there was a day, you know, while he was, because at a point, the hospital said, you know what? We've done all we can do. Let him go and put his books in order. And that was very, I cried. I cried hearing that that day. You know, when my mom told me I cried, I cried and cried. And he came home 
And, um, and he was just trying to remember all the things. He was trying to make things right with God. You know, he had given his life to Christ and he was just like trying to think of, oh, what bad things could I have done that I need to repent? And he was like, oh, maybe when he was in nursery school, he took someone's pencil. I thought that was so cute. You know, that, that, that was all he could think of was, you know, taking someone's pencil. And, you know, it was just, you know, and he was so, he was such a decent, lovely, loving man. And, you know, even with all the pain he was going through, he was always so considerate, always thinking about us, thinking about, yeah. then I had, um, by the time he was um, ill, I had two children. And he was always thinking of them. They would come and spend time with him. I was always at their house. Thank goodness for living in the same state, um, the same city as, you know, as my parents. I was always around him. And we kept on praying for a miracle. And, you know, me, I'm, I believe in miracles till tomorrow. And I just thought that God, if surely this man is such a good man, such a kind man, such a one, you, you can heal him, you know? And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and, and he died. And I remember the day he passed, um, I was in my house and my sister called me. I said, oh, you need to come over now. And I said, oh, um, okay, in a minute. And she said, no, you need to come over right now. And I left everything. I left my children. <laughs> I drove like a maniac around, you know, to his house. And I was like, my goodness, my father cannot die. If he dies, I'm going to die. What's, you know, I, he cannot, you know, what's going on? I was, I was muttering. I was like, God, my father cannot die. He cannot die. And I got there and he was already on oxygen, you know, and, um, you know, and I watched him breathe his last, you know, and, um, it, it, it really hurt because he had just retired in the, you know, in the civil service. So he lived a frugal life, just, you know, I don't know how it is, you know, but most parts of the world, if you're, if you work in government, the civil service, you're not paid all the money in the world. So he had lived a life of sacrifice, sending us to the best schools, making sure we had a very nice life, you know, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And I was like, okay, finally he's retired and he can chill. He can take, you know, lay back, I, you know, I, I, and enjoy, enjoy the fruits of his labor. And he falls ill and he dies. And I was like, this is so unfair. I started thinking of all the wicked people around, <laughs> you know, all the people who I thought had done, you know, stolen money from God, you know, done all sorts of horrible things who were still alive. I was like, why is this man dead? You know, why? And I cried. I thought, you know, I thought, I thought I could not feel any pain worse than that, to be honest. I was like, no, this is the worst pain ever. My father is gone. This is the worst pain ever. And, you know, in my part of the world, in Nigeria, you know, when people, you know, I guess it happens everywhere. Grief brings out the, the I always say it brings out the best and the worst from people. You see people's kindness and then you see people's meanness. You're like, really? I just lost someone. So there was a mix of that. Some people were so good. They were so kind. They were so loving. They, you know, they looked out for me and my mom and my siblings. Some people were just like thinking about themselves, thinking of how maybe they could benefit from this situation. You know, I was like, how? <laughs> That's what's crazy, you know? And then we had this elaborate funeral for him because we have, we celebrate death when you've gotten to a particular age. So it was, it was, it was a big thing. And we did that and I was like, okay, buried my father. Okay, my mom is still here. We'll take care of mom. We'll be fine. You know, mom is here, you know. And um, with my mom, again, being the first daughter, we had this, uh, at a point, this cat and mouse relationship where, you know how it is, you know, when you have a teenage daughter and you're, you want her to do stuff and she's not doing it and you guys are always fighting and she runs to her dad. <laughs> to be, you know, and so that was like my safe space. You know, my mom, when I had issues with mom, I could go to my dad. We used to call him dada. I could go to dada and say, oh, mommy is doing this to me. And dada would say, oh, your mom loves you. Never mind. That he would, you know, he was my safe space. So I was like, okay, now it's me and mom. And I honestly didn't understand the place of a mother until then. Because I would always have said, oh, I'm much closer to my dad. You know, I'm much closer to my dad. So if anything happens to my mom or dad, I would feel my dad's loss more. And a couple of years later, my mom um, had to travel. And it was interesting, but she was going on a holiday, you know, and um, she was going to do a, do a medical checkup as well while she was on holiday. And I just had a very bad feeling about that trip. And I was like, mom, please don't go. I don't, I don't feel good about this trip. I had prayed, 
And everything I, you know, everything I thought I was hearing from God was like, she shouldn't go. And my mom, my mom traveling wasn't a big deal. She always traveled, you know. So, but for, for that, for some reason, I just, you know, it just didn't sit well with my spirit that she should go on that trip. I said, Mom, I don't think you should go anywhere. I think you should just stay here. She's like, no, I'm going to have a fantastic time. You know, I'm traveling. Da, da, da. And she was going with her sister and it was going to be a fantastic trip. And she was so excited. And I was like, oh, okay. Like we say in Nigeria, no, Allah, you can be going, no problem. <laughs> you can go. As I, I couldn't stop her anyway. I wasn't, paying, I wasn't paying her way. She had her ticket. She was, you know. Anyway, she went. She traveled. She went on that trip. And um, I remember I was speaking to her one day, and she was just telling me how beautiful. She went to Cairo, how beautiful Cairo was. You know, still today, you know, I was just looking at, someone was just telling me yesterday that she's going to Cairo and asking if I would like to come. And for, I, I'm still not sure how I feel about Cairo. Before my mom died, I would have said, yes, definitely. I want to see the pyramids and all, but now I don't know how I feel about Cairo anymore, you know? And then she said, she was telling me how beautiful it was, how she was having such a, my mother was full of life, very, oh my goodness, full of life. That, that phrase is my mom, you know? And she was just telling me how excited she was about her trip, how she was having so much fun. She will send me pictures and she was like, oh, and by the way, I did the checkup. And um, because she had, she had been having this this back pain, which is like, I um, what's it called? Something on her spine. I can't remember. You know, something age related. You know, she wasn't old. She was she was like um maybe early sixties. But she was she had been having that off and on. And she was like, oh, that she, that she decided to see a doctor. And he said that he could do something. He do some procedure. And immediately I was like, um, I don't know about that. I'm not sure you should do anything. Just come home. Have fun and come back home. And she was like, okay, you know what? We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm seeing him tomorrow. I'll tell you what, because I asked her, I was like, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, she'll let me know when she sees the doctor tomorrow, what the name of the procedure is. And she knows I love to go online and do research. I've always been a big researcher, you know, and she knows I'll, you know, I'll go on Google and start trying to read up. And she's like, okay, you know, I'll send you the name of the procedure and you can go ahead and, you know, and let me know what you think. So I was like, okay, no problem, mom. We'll, we'll talk tomorrow. And um, tomorrow did not come, so to speak, because she died the next day. Um, she went ahead, saw the doctor, and he told her, oh, you know what? I have a slot. You can have the surgery, the procedure right away. It's something very simple, and you'll be fine. You'll be in and out, you know, day, you know what they call a day procedure, right? Where you just go in and out the same day. And, and that was it. Um, that's, that was how my mom passed. And um, where I lived at the time was a, a row of houses. And I remember it was about, you know, I found out because she, she had traveled with, um, with a close relative of hers, her sister. So it was her sister that told me, oh, something is going on. She didn't tell me my mom had passed. She just told me something is wrong and all that. And, you know, and I was trying to find out what's going on. Is she okay? What's happened? Do I need to come over? And while I was trying to find out, you know, I found out that she was, that she had passed. And I remember the scream, the scream, the whole street must have heard that scream because people ran. This was like 3 a.m. People ran to my house. What's going on? Neighbors ran. What is she okay? And I screamed and oh my God. I, I, you know, I did not know one that you could feel that kind of pain. I didn't know it was possible to have that kind of, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? You mean she's not in a wheelchair? You mean she's not unconscious? You mean she's not, she's gone? And because I had experienced death before, I knew how final it was. I understood, I was like, how? We were supposed to speak today. How can she be gone? How? I was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a whole, you know, and for the first time, I understood what it meant to be depressed. Before then, when I used to hear about depression, I was like, what does that mean? Also, you know, all these words that people throw at us, oh, she's depressed, she's depressed. What does that mean? For the first time, I understood what depression was because I experienced it. I was, I felt like the carpet, you know, I felt like something had been pulled from beneath me. I felt like something had been ripped out from my heart. I felt 
like a sledgehammer had been used to just like, you know, pound my soul, my spirit. I was like, how? How can she be gone? And I remember a friend of mine called me after my mom passed. I can never forget her phone call. She called me crying. And she was like, Choma, I remember when your dad died. I didn't know what it was like to lose anyone, talk to the parent. But in, be in between the time my dad died and my mom died, she lost a parent. So she understood. She was like, Choma, I didn't understand what it was when you lost your dad. Now, having lost my dad, I understand. And now you're telling me you've lost your mom? How? And she was screaming. How? How? And she kept on screaming. I was like, Jumoke, take it easy. I never Jumoke, Jumoke, take it easy. And she was like, she was like, no. This cannot be happening to you. How, how do you not have any of your parents anymore? It was really, it was really crazy. It was the craziest thing, you know. And I was screaming, I was shouting, and you know, thank God for the calm, the calm sibling. I have, you know, I have a sister who is really calm, and she was the one I was like, Choma, we need to plan the funeral. We need to start planning. And I was like, okay, true. <laughs> you, know, you know, because how do you how do you maintain the calmness to even, you know, think rationally at that time? I was, I was all over that. I was a mess. I was a mess. I started feeling guilty. I thought maybe I should have convinced her not to go anymore. Um, I could have, you know, but now I know there's nothing I could have done. I, you know, I told her, I told her I felt that she, and, you know, she wanted to go. So she, she went on that trip, you know, and um, I battled with all sorts of emotions. What if, what if? You know, could I have done something? Maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have said that. Maybe I should have told more people how I felt about her traveling. Maybe somebody else would have been able to convince her not to go. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was, there was, it was just so much. And, you know, with my mom, I have started enjoying that friendship phase of a mother-daughter relationship. Because like I said, earlier on, it was always, I, I was, you know, I was naughty, you know. <laughs> So she was always scolding me and telling me, and we had gone through that, you know, I had gotten married, matured, and we're friends. We had entered that friendship phase. I was really enjoying having a friend. And suddenly the friend was no longer there. And, you know, so it really hurt. And I was like, why, you know, why would she be here to see my, you know, my joys, my, you know, to see my successes, to see, to see my children grow. My children were just babies. I had just had my third child. And I remember that I was like, I don't think I can have any more children because I don't want her to not meet my children. Thank God I had another child after that. And I remember it was such a funny feeling because she was that kind of mom. When I had my children, she was at my beck and call. She bathed them. She would do everything, cook for me. And my mom was interested because she was this kind of mom who was really sophisticated. But she could also be a very, you know, homebody at the same time. So she would cook all the native dishes. She would take care of me. And I'm when I had my fourth child, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this without my mom? But um, but I did it. I did it. He's eight. He's eight years old today. And he's asked, he's always asking me questions about her, what she's like. And I'm so happy I can even share stories with him and tell him how much he would have loved her. And I'm so happy that my oldest remembers her i'm happy he has the kind of memory that i have so he remembers her a lot my second not that much but my oldest remembers her a lot he tells me things that he remembers about her and that gives me so much joy that you know she was he was able to meet her because i remember when my dad died i said okay at least even if daddy is not here to see my children get married mom will be here so, you know, and, you know, and they'll be grown when she dies. I, I, you know, I, I would never have imagined that she would be gone so soon after. And, um, yeah, so it, 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 it was really painful just not missing out on that friendship. I still miss her. Till today, I miss her every day. I miss her warmth. I miss her wisdom. I miss her wit. You know, just having that person that you know is your person, that person who you know, no matter what, you know, my mom had great friends. They're still in our lives till today. My mom has been gone. She passed in 2009. But her friends have been constant in our lives till today. They look out for us. They call us. They ask questions. They want to know what's going on with you. They're such wonderful friends. But still, you know, no matter how much they are there, and they're amazing. Her sisters too are gracious, you know, lovely sisters who are awesome. 
they're not my mom and they will not give you the time that your mom will give. They have their own children and grandchildren, you know, but they try and I'm grateful to God for them. But, you know, you know, I, I, every day I think of, you know, birthday, she would, she and my dad, they would call together. They were in the same place, early morning phone calls, early morning prayers on my anniversary. Whenever I'm confused about stuff to do with my siblings or my career or myself, which happens quite often, I think, who can I call that will understand? Who knows me? Who can give me that advice? Uh, and, you know, sometimes I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I don't know anybody else who cares for me the way they do. Um, and I remember, you know, I experienced another loss recently. My father-in-law passed a couple of years ago. And I remember for the first week, my husband couldn't say anything. And one of the, you know, when I was asking, like, are you okay? He said, Chama, I can't believe you went through this. I, I can't believe you went, this is what you had to deal with. And I feel so bad that I didn't do more for you at that time. He did the best he could, that he knew how to, but he was like, I feel, so this is what you went through? Oh my goodness. And you were much younger than I am. And you had to deal with this and I just had no clue. So he was dealing with grief and guilt at the same time, you know? And um, for me, honestly, I'm able to look beyond and just say, God, I thank you. I thank you for everything. Because to be honest, if not for my faith, I know I wouldn't have come out of what I, you know, of all the emotions I had to deal with at that time. Uh, my faith helped me a whole lot. Um, my writing, because my mom was the one person before she died. I had, you know, after my dad died, I wrote something about my father. And it was um, something I titled Four Things My Father Told Me. You know, four lessons I learned from my father. And I wrote them down. And I showed it to my mom. I was like, oh my goodness, you write really well. You know, she never realized because my family is a family of writers. So I'm not number one writer. We have, you know, more gifted, you know, people with writing, but we, you know, we all read and write. And she was like, oh my God, I, I never realized you wrote so, you write really well. You should write more. And just having my mother tell me, you know, there's something when your parents, there's some people that tell you things that you believe them straight away. <laughs> I think a parent is one of that, you know, is, is one of such people. If a parent tells you something bad, you believe. If your parent tells you something good, you believe. You know, as she told me I could write. Oh my goodness. I started writing. I started writing for magazines, started writing for, you know, I started doing all I, you know. Now I, you know, and now I write for newspapers, I write for magazines, I did several newspapers, I've written four books. Uh, one of the books I've written is called uh, Wisdom from Women. And of course it's dedicated to my mom because she's one of the wisest women I ever, I ever, ever encountered. So she, you know, is, you know, because she gave me that validation to say, Chema, you can actually write. Before then, I did not realize I could write. Uh, and it's been amazing. I'm, you know, I'm such a prolific writer today. Um, I, not only do I um, coach parents, you know, when I can, I also coach writers. A lot of people come to me and say, you know, I need to write a book. Can you help me? So I actually coach um, aspiring writers as well. I do trainings every year for them, apart from the work I do as a lawyer and as a policy person. So just, you know, hearing her voice, you know, encouraging me and cheering me on and telling me you can do this, you know, I can still hear her voice today how many years later and same with my dad's voice, you know, just having the most encouraging, the sweetest parents ever who just, you know, they were just, oh my goodness, if affirmation was a person, that was my mom and my dad, As if there were people, they affirmed me constantly, they told me and my siblings how beautiful we were, how brilliant we were, um, They when they had to discipline us, they did discipline us, um, they were not, you know, pushovers, they taught us stuff, um, it, they were just amazing, they were just amazing, and they were ahead of their time, you know, so a lot of things like, you know, when I talk about parents, people are like, oh really, were you parented like that? I said, yes, I was parented even better, because my parents were just awesome they made sure we had everything we needed uh without spoiling us you know and um so it's it's it's, it's been interesting not having them you never know the role of a parent until they're gone and just two months ago or was yeah about a month or two ago a friend of mine called me crying she was crying and she was laughing she said Choma so this thing is painful like this so this thing hurts this much she had just lost her dad and she said she never knew it was how painful it was. And whenever she would see, see me put a picture of my dad or mom, she'd be like, oh, Choma is doing the most. And she was just joking. Like, Choma is always putting their picture up. Choma, every birthday, every anniversary, 
it's okay. They've been gone how many years? Let them rest. <laughs> you know, she would say that in her mind. Let them rest. They're gone. You know, and she said that she always said that to herself. And then the day her father died, she was like, oh my God, is this what trauma has had to deal with for all? Oh my cousin, she cried and cried. And she was like, Choma, I had no idea it was this painful. I remember, you know, a friend of my mom just saying, you know, remember, you know, through all the tears that we were crying, and she was saying, you know what? It's good to cry because you have good memories. There are people who are crying because either they have no memories at all, or they had such terrible relationship to their parents that they have that they are mourning not only the loss of the person, but the mourning, they are mourning the loss of what could be because there was nothing. It was it was a bad relationship. Maybe it was abusive. Maybe it was they were an absent, you know, absentee parents. But you're blessed that you're you're crying because you miss their love, you miss their friendship, you miss their warmth, you miss you miss all the all the positive things that they did for you. And honestly, I can't praise, I can't thank God for my parents enough. I can't thank God for my parents enough. I praise God for, for them. I thank God that I was, you know, raised by them. And even though I didn't get to enjoy them as much as I would have loved to, I'm still very grateful. It's gratitude all the way. And every time I see, I remember the first day I saw, there was a lady, I went to buy to pay for something, you know, pay for some subscription for my, for my cable. You know, I was like, I got there to pay and the lady was telling her dad off on the phone because she, was, she wanted to attend to me and she was on the phone with her dad. And she was like, daddy, I'm busy. Daddy, da, 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 da. Oh, daddy, da. And I said, please attend to your father. It's okay. I will wait. You have a father that's like, because she, was, she must have been like in her 40s. So that man cannot be less than six. Like, please attend to your dad. You have him around. So I cherish older people. Uh, I cherish people's parents. I cherish people's grandparents. I tell them, how, you, you don't know how blessed you are to have them. Please love on them. Please enjoy them. Please spend time with them. And every now and then when I can, I go and see my parents' friends. Um, I go and spend time with them because I know, you know, as you grow older, you, you can't get lonely. And I just try and just reminisce. It's, 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 it's interesting. You never, it's interesting that the pain never fully goes away. It's interesting that it never really fully goes away because you would think that at some point you will say you're fine. And there'll be one year where you're like, okay, it's an anniversary and I'm okay. And then the next day there's something that would trigger and you start crying. And you're like, why am I crying? I thought I was good. <laughs> and um, so yeah, the things that you remember. Um, and with my mom especially because she was such a, I don't know. My mom was just amazing. My parents were amazing. My mom, my father was a quiet person. So a lot of people didn't get to experience how amazing he was. My mom, because she was kind of a noisy one, people got to see her in her element. And even the guy who sells, who used to sell fish to my mom, he sent me a message the other day. He saw my mom's picture on my, on my status. And he said, oh, my, oh, mama, I miss her. I miss mama, good woman. You know, and he calls me every now and then. Oh, this is, you know, you know just to remind me, oh, you know, and I, you know, because of, I, I buy fish from him because I'm like, you know, she, that's how, she was so, people that she, that she did business with, they don't forget her. They still call me. They still want to just have that connection to, to her, you know, through her children. And they're like, and, and so, so I'm like, you know, and I, I remember one of her friends, her friend's mom saying, if I'm feeling this bad about your friend's passing, I don't know how you're feeling and I don't know how her children are feeling because I am devastated. And um, honestly, with moms especially, I keep on thinking, you know, when I saw the name of the podcast, Daughters Without Mothers, there's a, there's a name in our, there's, there's a name in, in my language, um, Neka. Neka means mother is supreme. Mother is the greatest. And Neka, just so you know, I'm not saying that anyone is more special than anybody, but a mother, a mother is a nurturer. A mother is, um, a father can plant, a mother is the one that births. So that bond of a mother, I, like, I, like I, you know, like I, you know, I started out saying, I would have thought if anyone had ever asked me, who would you mourn deeper? Whose loss would impact you in a deeper way? I miss them both. 
I was shattered by both their passings, but I, the the way I was broken by my mom's, so I, I didn't like, I, I didn't know there was any pain worse than when I felt my dad, than when I lost my dad till I lost my mom. And I was like, what is that? Is it, I don't know what it is, but it was, it was really, I was like, so you mean there's pain that's worse than, <laughs> is it possible? What it, you know, and I just thought, oh my goodness, a mother should not die, you know? Unfortunately, cycle of life, we must live and die. I was like, oh my goodness, this is why, this is why that name is there, Neka. Neka, in fact, almost every tribe in Nigeria has some a name that kind of praises mothers. In Yoruba, there's the Yanimura, mother is gold, because mothers are so special. The role they play in a child's life is so, so special. And shout out to all the amazing fathers who are doing amazing things in their children's lives. I love you. I love my, you know, I love you guys so much. Um, for me, being there for people who are grieving is very important to me. It's, it's something that I, it's something that I, it's always been, it's, been, it's something, and especially after my parents passed, I don't have to know you. I don't have to be close to you. Once I know you've lost someone, because I know I have experienced what that pain is. I know you need, even if it's just a hand to hold, even if it's just someone to say, you know what, you'll be okay. That's me. I try to do that as much as I can because I know it's such a deep, deep, inexplainable pain. Um, it can't be captured mm -hmm. in words. You know, but I thank God for God. I thank God for his spirit, for the Holy Spirit that has helped me. Honestly, it has made it much easier for me than it would have been if I didn't know, if I didn't have faith, if I didn't have faith in God would have been much tougher. And I divide my life into two. Mm -hmm. Life before I lost my parents and my life after. It was defining. It was very, very defining point for me was after my mother, especially my mother, because when my father died, I still had my mom. So I was like, okay, we still have mom. So we're good. Yeah, daddy mm -hmm. is gone, but we can talk about daddy with mom, talk about you know all the memories. But when mommy was gone, it was like, Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. like hey what's going on here you know mm -hmm. it was like Psh. something had been taken off and there was nothing suddenly you're exposed to the world to the elements no one to shield you yeah no one to cover you that prayer you enjoy those things you enjoy the advice the, you know so it was i was like oh now i have there's nobody you know, I thank God for my husband, thank God for my siblings, thank God I have siblings who have just been they've, been, they've been friends indeed. But I can see that my life, you know, when people ask me, what happened to you? How did you get so driven? Because before my mom passed, I was actually very laid back. I was very like, oh, married, have children, that's it. You know, life is sweet. <laughs> I wasn't, I had, I didn't have much of ambition or drive. But now I'm all about making impact. I want to serve humanity with my gifts i want to touch which is why i'm i'm like do over covid i think i wrote three books i have four children's books um i have it. i'm always thinking what can i do i want to fulfill my purpose on earth because i just feel like look you don't have all the time i want to make a difference while i'm here and i pray i live long and for my children i will live long you know i will see my children's children by the grace of the almighty but i am so driven mm -hmm. i am so driven and I tell people, you don't have to lose your parents <laughs> to, <laughs> to get that drive. <laughs> you know, but you know, but I thank God. I thank God for who I am. And I know, you know, I I'm, I feel so blessed, you know, to be their daughter. I feel so blessed to have had them every day. There's no day I don't think of them. I just wish they were still here with me. Um, seeing my children grow and you know, just just there to you know, just to be happy for me. Mm -hmm. You know, to cry when I, you know, when I'm crying, but I, you know, but I thank God. God has done me well. I can say that with all sincerity that God, even despite how much I miss them, how much I wish they were here, I'm so so grateful for the joy of having them. Yeah, so that's it. Wow. Well, I mean, you you specifically said if affirmation was a person, it would be my mom and dad. So I mean, you can't. Wow, you can't. Like uh, that's the, the the best description I think I've I've ever heard, especially to include both your mom and dad in that. Um, 
you know, that's very remarkable that you did have parents like that. And you must have done a lot of self-work or processing or to go from that point where you said, I, I experienced depression for the first time. I never really understood what depression was to be at the point where you are now in 2023 to be able to say, I thank God for my life and for how, you know, the things that have happened in my life because they make me who I am. But that's quite a, that's quite a wide valley that you crossed. Um, yeah. So is there anything specific you did? I mean, was your writing a part of that? I'm assuming. Oh, yes. Yes. Writing was a big part. Writing was very, you know, therapeutic for me. And I, you know, like I mentioned, you know, after my dad died, the first thing I did was there are some things he told me that I found, and I, I will share a few of them. Um, he told me it was important because my parents, um, my parents are both from the same tribe. They're both Igbo. Well, my mom spoke, you know, spoke Yoruba fluently. That's another tribe. And he told me that he always tried to learn that language. It's important for you to speak the same language as your spouse, you know, or try to speak the same language as your spouse. So I didn't know he understood some Yoruba until he was ill, you know, and there were some people speaking Yoruba around him. And I was like, he understood what they were saying. I was like, dad, do you understand Yoruba? He said, yes, my wife speaks Yoruba fluently. Why wouldn't I understand that? It's, it's important that you, you both understand each other's languages. You know, it, it helps communication, it builds trust and all sorts of things, blah, blah, blah. And he spoke about um, having children. He said that in his opinion, you know, try and have a nice number, you know, <laughs> because, when, you know, because when he was ill, he said, look, you know, I have six children, I'm ill, and I think there were only, at every point in time, there were only two children with him, because two are in the U.S., someone is here, so I was like, look, you know, if you can, try and have a few children, because, you know, at every point in time, it would be nice to have one of them with you, Um, so this is like, two. and then he also spoke about marriage, how he didn't think it was a good idea for for couples to be separated for a long period of time. So if you need to go to school to get your PhD or whatever it is, try not to be away from your spouse for a long time because it's just not healthy for the marriage. So he, just, he, he, he mentioned a few things that he thought were really important. And I wrote them down and my mom was like blown away. And like I said that affirmation made me start writing. And I, you know, um, I'm, even I am amazed at, uh, you know, with, with all humility, how, Writing has helped me as an individual. You know, mm -hmm. it's been very therapeutic. It's helped my healing, uh, and 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 I've gotten better and better and better at it every day. And so, you know, so writing was a big part of my healing. And of course, I can't talk about God enough. Um, just yielding to Him and just asking mm -hmm. Him to help me, because I saw that there was really no man that could help me. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I love. There's a lot of attention being paid to mental health in Nigeria and you know, and all over the world. But at that, you know, at that time. I didn't even know who I could talk to, to say, look, I need help. They were, I didn't know who to talk to, but thank God, you know, God was able to help me. He sent some good people my way. Like I said, when you're in grief, you see some amazing people. God just sends you angels. Family was amazing. My mom, you know, comes from a large family, um, her siblings, her friends were like gold, golden friends who just, you know, stood up. My friends were amazing, you know, yeah. That's that that was that made the difference. That made the difference, and you know, that's why I can be here. And then my siblings join strength from each other. You know, during our low moments, we could share and say, "Oh, oh my God, I miss mom." I will share pictures, and I love taking pictures. I'm a very mm -hmm. you know, if you see those on my page, you see I'm a very I'm a picture person. Um, and pictures are memories. I tell people capture every moment because you just don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, we're praying for long life. I'm praying for good health. But you know, like I you know still. Talking about your nephews, um, that thing, you know, all those memories were from those images, those pictures were just mm -hmm. magical. Pictures of good times, pictures of not so good times, pictures of everything, the in-betweens, the ups and downs. And those are all the things I look at. I, I don't joke with memories. I look at letters my mother wrote to me when I was like from like 15, 20 years ago, and they make me smile. Mm -hmm. um, I look at messages and they make me happy. I look at my dad's old pictures and I'm, you know, full of joy. So all those things, you know, with God being at the center, those are the things that have helped me, um, you know, pull through. I'm able to encourage others with the mm -hmm. encouragement I've received from God. Yeah. So that is something that I also wanted to talk about a little bit, because especially when you were talking about your father, you were saying that it was so painful, you know, to watch him be in pain. 
and that you you prayed for a miracle, that you continue to believe in miracles. And you said, you know, I know that you can heal him, but he wasn't healed. Um, and so I like I was mad at God for about 20 years because the only people who had really exposed me to religion were my mom's parents. And they threw my sister and I out of their house while my mom was dying. So I was like, I don't want any part of that. If that's what that is, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, right. So I, I, I know that there are people who are listening, who are mad at God or who have, you know, why didn't you, cause my thing was, why didn't he answer my prayers? Like why, you know, why weren't my prayers answered? Why was I being punished? Cause that's what I felt like. I felt like mm-hmm. I was being punished for something that either they had done or I had done, or, you know, as I was 13 years old at the time. So you can't really, you know, process those kind of things. But one of my huge beliefs too, is that when all else fails, God will always be there for you to count on. So help help somebody, you know, who maybe is down in that valley of, of feeling like they are alone and that God has abandoned them. Um, you know, how did you reconcile from being to a place where I know you can heal in God to God not healing him, but you still continuing to give all the glory to God? You know, for me, you know, with all the, you know, it was painful. We got, you know, I remember there's this pastor in Abuja who is like, oh, you know, he, and we're like, oh, he's going to be healed. And at a point, he got better. At a point, he did what the doctor said he could not do because they said, go home and die. You know, we give you three weeks. So that in itself was a miracle. But, you know, at the end of the, the day, I think what helped me was that, you know, at times God doesn't do things the way we want. So, yes, he went on to be with Jesus. He went on, you know, he passed on because where he is, there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's nothing. We're in a fallen world, we're in a flawed world. There's a lot of, a lot, there's, a lot of there's a lot going, a lot of disease and all sorts of stuff that is not, it's not in heaven. And no pain because, you know, from, you know, I, you know, I felt really bad. Like I said, my father was, my mom said something once and I, I remember that she said, you know, when she was trying to describe her husband, my dad, and she said, I'm trying to describe, you know, somebody else. I said, if there's a word, as, you know, he's as close to perfect as possible. Mm-hmm. He was such a good person, even tempered. I don't know. He had like all the like, how, how does one person have like almost like all the you know amazing qualities, intelligent, handsome, very handsome, faithful, you know. And so it, it just seemed very hardworking. It just seems so unfair. I was like, oh my God, that's all he's done. All the hard work, how he's deprived. And, and you know, he's, he went through, and the pain. You know, if anyone has had a, a loved one that has gone through cancer, you know what I'm talking about. You know, just imagine the kind of pain they had to go through. Even with the drugs, they're still in pain. It's, it can be heart-wrenching. I, I, I've been there. I know how it is. I know how upsetting and unhappy I was just watching him. But... um. All I can say is that at times life doesn't make sense. Mm. That's the truth. And, you know, you can ask questions, you can wonder, but you might not get any answers. But on this side of eternity, you might not get any yeah. answers. Maybe when you get to heaven, maybe God might give you answers. Maybe, maybe not. But one thing I know is that God will never leave you or forsake you. There's still a reminder that God says to say, look, I'm still here. So I know it at times, there are times that it just doesn't make sense, as in nothing can explain it. Nothing can explain it. How does somebody, you know, this, you know, this, this last month, you know, that people have died in my city. That you know, somebody, all sorts of things. Young people, beautiful people, sucks. You know, people that you're like, oh, this person was in good health. What happened? But in it all, God is still God. So hold on to him. But if you don't hold on to him, there's nothing else you have. It's really that. That's all. That's what I can say. He will mm-hmm. never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. And it took me years. You know, I can never say I'm okay with my mom and my dad dying. No. But at the end of the day, I don't know why God allowed it to happen. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it, it but he did for some, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But he did. And he has been with me. Mm-hmm. And if he cho- chooses to show me whatever reasons he did that for allowing it, good if he doesn't it's okay but mm-hmm. i do know he loves me with an everlasting love and he loved them with an everlasting love and he'll continue to love me you know 
till eternity. Yeah. So I so I think his love is enough for me. His love is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me. And that's mm-hmm. what I hold on to. Because without that, I would be angry. I would be, mm-hmm. I would, I would be angry than you were for 20 mm-hmm. years. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I just felt how unfair can life be? What did this man do to, you know, he didn't, he was the nicest man ever. You know, how? And my mom was the most amazing, generous, kind-hearted person ever. As in how the two amazing people just go like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it does, it's not fair. It doesn't seem fair, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was, I, was, you know, I was telling my children about favor the other day. I was saying, you know, favor is not fair. Life, just doesn't, life doesn't just bring up a whole bag of fair stuff. Yeah. But in it all, you know, if you can hold on to him, that anchor you have for your soul, God, you know, he will make you, he will help you. He will help mm-hmm. you through the pain. He will help you through whatever it is. You might not get answers. That's just the truth. Sometimes we're looking for all the answers. We might not get them. If you can just be content to just know that God loves you and he will be with you, even in the darkest, darkest depth of night, even in the deepest valley, he will be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things I learned. I uh, went to, it's called Grief Share uh, here in the States and it's a church run grief program. And um, one of the things, the a whole week was spent on the question why and about how we all want to know the answer to why. And they said, you know, even if God was able to tell you why, we will, our human humanity, we wouldn't have the capacity to understand the actual why, because why? he's so sovereign and big and it's just beyond our comprehension because we're human so even if you could get the answer to why more likely than not it wouldn't make sense (laughs) and i was like that's true that's true but you know we just like to make everything make sense we like to put things where they belong and you know have it tied up in a bow and grief just isn't like that loss is just not like that it's not we like to be so rational yeah. Try to have everything all figured out, and life, like you said, life. Many things don't make sense. Falling yeah. in love doesn't make sense. You yeah. know, so many things that are so beautiful and so that actually do not make. You cannot really explain them away. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I love that. And I, I, you know, and I'm not going to be asking questions, but just to say that, you know, we, you know, you know, for Christians especially, um, they try to like wash away death. And I remember, I remember when my, my father died um, and, you know, I had, I was angry. I had to, you know, I, I had to see my pastor and say, you know what, when I have a baby, when there's something to celebrate, everybody's here, everybody's happy, everybody comes. My father has died. And I don't see anyone. What's going on? You know, why it happened? And we have to acknowledge that I lost somebody and I am up and I am unhappy. And I spoke about it and, you know, a few people, you know, they reached out to me and said, you know, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, I think we, we need to, nobody is saying <laughs> that you should celebrate death, but you need to acknowledge that people do die. And when they do die, it needs, the people that they leave behind do need to know that, look, people care for them and they love them. You can't, you, you can't wish it away. Yeah. You can't yeah. wish it away. Yeah. You have to acknowledge it, even if it's even if it's just, you know, there's no right words to say, but just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from her name is Pima Chodron, and I think she was um, a Buddhist monk. And she said, it's not our job to walk into a dark room and turn on the light, but it's our job to walk in the dark room and sit in the darkness with someone. Aww. You know, awesome. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You might have nothing to say. That I, I think I think because sometimes people are so they want to say something. Oh, it was their time. Oh, it is the will of God. Oh, you know, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I was like, just sometimes it's good to just be quiet. Yes, some words are comforting. Go into the room, you know, try and gauge the atmosphere before you speak. Yeah. So you're saying the right words that will mm-hmm. actually bring comfort. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, because it's okay mm-hmm. to just go and sit down and just hold the person's hand or give them a big hug, mm-hmm. you know, and just or just show up with food, you know. Well, anybody who's listening today, I will link all of Choma's things in the show notes because you have a blog, you have the the four books that you've written, you have children's books, and you have other books, and all of the things, the parents' resources and things that you offer. Um, we will make sure that we log all that into the show notes. 
Um, and so that if you, you know, would like to reach out to Choma and get in touch with her, she has a, a million resources out there. And um, I just sincerely appreciate the fact that you have taken this as your calling to use your resources and your gifts um, to help others, because I, I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, yeah. And so I do like to just wrap up with if there's a final thought you want to share with the listeners or anything that you would like to finish up with today? Um, just to say that, um, thank you, Beth. Thank you for the valuable work you're doing. You know, it's, it is valuable. There's someone that needs to hear something. There's someone that just needs to know that, yes, somebody else has been in my same situation and understands what I'm going through. Maybe not exact, the exact same, but similar. So I want to really appreciate you for every podcast, every post, every um, everything you do, you know, all the valuable work you do. Because honestly, we can't, you know, we cannot. We're human beings. God uses humans to touch other human beings. That's mm -hmm. really. We need people around us. We need people to show us love. It could just be that smile. It could just be that hug. It could just be that text message. And one thing I do usually, I always tell people, when I think of you, I reach out to you. So, you know, keep reaching out to people. You might just be thinking, oh, you know, that coworker who lost someone, I don't really talk to her. You'll be shocked at just a note, that post-it note you put on her desk saying, you know, my condolences or whatever will go a long way in making her feel better. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Just, just show love to people and just just reach out. It, it, makes, it makes a whole world of difference. Mm -hmm. I agree, I agree. Well, thanks again so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Beth. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.